welcome to this special ProPass webinar series. We have started a collaboration with ProPass Consortium and are publishing their webinars in podcast format so more people can benefit from their useful content. In short, ProPass is an international research collaboration platform of cohorts using Taiwan accelerometry to explore the effects of physical activity, posture, and sleep patterns on a wide range of health outcomes. Without further ado, let's jump to ProPass webinar. Thank you, Ulf. Uh, this is very interesting, and I think it's very interesting you point out some crucial areas to actually got the, got the level of quality that is possible for individual levels of mental illness. Uh, and not forget that the huge amount of work I've done to establish uh, I can uh, very appreciate. Um, we take the question after, and uh, let uh, Jacob uh, to take the, uh, his presentation, please. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, Ulf has just uh, showed us what um, money and muscle can uh, do in terms of uh, harmonization. So uh, I'll ask the question, what can you do when you don't have these immense resources at your uh, disposal? And uh, I will uh, give you an example of um, what we call also the uh, accelerometer uh, consortium, which is a harmonized uh, meta-analysis. And I'll try to make the case that this is also a viable uh, option if you don't have um, the capabilities of pulling together all these individual uh, data. So, um, yeah, we, we, um, we kind of talk about this um, project here as the accelerometer consortium and as Ulf has just pointed out maybe that is not right maybe that is actually uh, ICAT uh, but maybe we could call it the adult accelerometer uh, consortium um, and we have previously uh, published uh, two original uh, papers and one uh, editorial on this uh, project and we have a a third paper coming out really uh, shortly that we are, we are very interested to hear your uh, comments uh, on. But this is just to show you that these harmonized projects can actually uh, have, a, uh, have, a, have a big impact in terms of uh, messages and, 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 and can be quite appealing to a large uh, leadership, even though that's not based on uh, pooling uh, all the original data. So I'll start out by talking uh, a bit about the motivation for establishing this, uh, this group. Uh, and I'll show you some uh, results from the group. And then I'll, I'll try to dig a bit beyond the uh, nice figures and talk about some of the issues that, were, that, that, that are related to the uh, harmonization process, process that may be um, also relevant to the individual participant data uh, approach, but, but uh, we're definitely very uh, relevant to this uh, harmonization, uh, local harmonization approach. And then I'll end with a few uh, take home uh, messages. So um, a lot of the motivation for establishing, establishing this group was really the same that, that, that Ulf talked about as the motivation for 
establishing the ICAT uh, project. So more and more uh, studies with accelerometer measured physical activity were coming out in, in adult general population samples and following people for several years on um, mortality. Uh, so, so we were beginning to see this uh, really, really appreciate the impact of physical activity measured by devices in relation to uh, later health outcomes. And, and we were really getting a feel that the associations could be much, much stronger than we had previously seen with self-reported data uh, related to the fact that there's less uh, measurement error in, in uh, accelerometer compared with uh, self-report. But still, um, many of these uh, studies were fairly uh, small, so up below or about a thousand participants. These are just some examples uh, from the walking away from uh, type two diabetes and and, um, and the Swedish ABC cohort and the British Regional Heart Study and the Opal study in in, in the UK. But but there are other similar sized uh, cohorts and. With this uh, few number of cases, there's a lot of imprecision in the estimates and it makes it really uh, difficult to really determine the dose response uh, association as the um, as categories, the groupings uh, were not identical. And as I said, there's a lot of imprecision in these uh, estimates when there are so few uh, cases. And then a few larger uh, studies uh, emerged. So the REGARD study from the UK, almost 8,000 participants with ACTPEL um, devices. And the uh, Women's Health Study, also in the US, almost 17,000 participants. So really big cohort studies with device measure physical activity following uh, people over time. But still in these cohorts, follow-up was fairly short, so still not that many cases to really inform the, um, uh, the estimates. Uh, and so as we all know, accelerometers are not really <laughs> objective only in the sense that it's not self-reported, but uh, as I've said, all these data reduction decisions, different cut points, uh, all this post-processing decisions that we have to go through, really makes it difficult to compare uh, dose response associations across studies. And it may also make it very difficult to, um, to determine the impact of different intensity um, uh, categories across different studies as, as they may overlap. So what is um, light physical activity in, in, in one study may be coded as moderate to vigorous physical activity in, in another study. study. So it's, uh, it's very difficult to, to compare. So what we wanted to do uh, was to pool all this data uh, together, do the data reduction in a harmonized, comparable way so that the estimates of fiscal activity are comparable across these uh, different uh, studies. And that will help us really examine the dose response relationship of both total physical activity, but also with the different intensities of uh, physical activity. So there may, there, there may still be issues related to what is uh, the count level 
uh, associated uh, with uh, that distinguishes the, the the demarcation into moderate to vigorous physical activity from from light uh, activity. But at least we'll be able to compare this consistently uh, across uh, studies. Uh, and we we wanted to do this uh, for all cause mortality. Uh, so what we did was that we conducted a systematic review of the literature, and we uh, also included um, a few uh, friends that we knew had unpublished uh, data with the mortality uh, uh, follow-up. And the studies had to be prospective cohorts, cohort studies with accelerometer uh, measure physical activity mounted at the hip or waist uh, to make it comparable. And uh what we did in contrast with the, the uh, ICAT was that all uh, collaborate, collaborators uh, perform the accelerometer processing locally. So we send out a manual and they follow it, followed it um, to harmonize the, uh, uh, the data uh, reduction. But we didn't receive any original data. And then uh, also locally, all the collaborators performed the um, analysis and, and um, divided their, uh, their, their measures into study-specific uh, quartiles and, and study-specific uh, co-variables. Then they, as I said, performed the analysis and then they shared their summary data with us in the writing room where we did a, a sort of conventional meta-analysis, but now they now based on a harmonized data uh, reduction uh, in contrast to basing it on published estimates in the literature at, uh, at large. And you might think then, uh, why didn't we uh, attempt to pool the original data? And, and the truth is that we, we did. We, we asked people if they wanted to participate either by transferring their original data or by uh, uh, reanalyzing their data. Uh, according to our, our plan and probably due to um, some of the new uh, legislation, uh, everybody performed their, uh, uh, chose, chose to perform their own uh, analysis. Just to give you uh, an idea of uh, the data sources that we, uh, that we have, we, we now include nine uh, cohort uh, studies uh, from England, Sweden, uh, Norway, uh, and and, uh, and four studies from from the US, and you can really see here that half of these studies are fairly small in 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 size, but when we uh, pull it together, we really achieve a very very large uh, sample and very many uh, cases. And fortunately, we have even been able to get updated. Uh, uh, to include updated mortality uh, information from these uh, collaborators. So uh, this is like an, an ongoing uh, improvement to our, to, to our uh, resource. But you will also see that the uh, participants are, uh, how should I say, skewed towards uh, higher uh, age uh, categories. So we really, we really need younger uh, individuals in these type of uh, studies. So this is uh, some of the results from the first paper that we, we published. Uh, Ulf was the lead uh, author, and this was published in the BMJ in 2019. And we had 
uh, all the cohorts divide their uh, samples into study-specific uh, quartiles uh, and uh, perform the analysis, Cox uh, regression adjusted for sex, age, BMI, and socioeconomic uh, status, whatever measure uh, they had uh, available. And what these results show, this is for total physical activity by counts per minute, is that we can really see that there's this really strong dose response association between higher levels of total physical activity and, and lower risk of uh, all-cause uh, mortality. We can see that a lot of this is gained uh, just by moving from the uh, first to the second uh, quartile of, of uh, total physical activity. But, and this was a bit surprising to us, the uh, benefit did not plateau as much as we had seen in, in previous literature based on self-report. This really seems to be a, a continuous uh, benefit uh, in terms of lower risk uh, uh, of uh, more mortality. So showing the same results for moderate to vigorous physical activity, we can see that there's also the substantial uh, risk reduction. But we can also see that the total uh, magnitude of the risk reduction, the, the maximal benefit is lower compared with um, total physical activity. We could see that for this, the fourth quartile compared with the least active uh, uh, quartile, the, the risk is uh, cut in half where it was almost uh, four times lower uh, in terms of total uh, physical activity. And we, um, to try to provide some quantitative quantitative uh, guidelines on which levels of moderate to vigorous physical activity were needed to achieve these risk reductions. We, we use the median uh, activity levels in these uh, study-specific quartiles, and, um, and I'll come back to that, why that may have some uh, uh, limitations. But we can at least see that fairly low levels of physical activity uh, are needed to move from the least active into the uh, second quartile of moderate to vigorous uh, physical activity. As I, as, I, as I said, there are some limitations, limitations in terms of the dose-response association based on quartiles. So we also wanted to really model this dose-response association in a continuous way, which is probably the most appropriate way to, to do it. So we used the uh, quartiles from the uh, original studies and, and pulled this into a multivariate meta-analysis. So uh, use the information available to try to plot the dose-response association based on summary uh, data. And, and, and we have, I've showed this here for, for total physical activity in the top uh, left and light uh, physical activity in the top right and moderate to vigorous physical activity in the bottom uh, left. And we can really see these strong dose-response associations and that there appears to be some leveling uh, off along the uh, exposure, uh, uh, yeah, along the, the exposure uh, variation. And what was also interesting is that we could see that light uh, physical activity was also associated with a substantial lower risk of uh, mortality. And some of the work we, we, uh, we did in our second paper, which was based on combinations of uh, physical activity and uh, sedentary time. So total activity and sedentary time and 
moderate to vigorous physical activity and sedentary time, we could we could see that um, the amount uh, or uh, the association between sedentary time and mortality may somewhat depend on the uh, uh, level of moderate to vigorous uh, physical uh, activity. And uh, if you have the highest amount of uh, sedentary time and the lowest amount of moderate to vigorous physical activity, then you, uh, you really are uh, worst uh, off. But we were not able to totally reproduce the findings uh, in, in, in the earlier Lancet paper by uh, Wolf and, and, and a bunch of uh, colleagues that physical activity could completely attenuate or uh, eliminate uh, the association between sedentary time and, uh, and uh, mortality. So if you want to know more about this, you can. So uh, that was uh, some of the, the highlights uh, from, our, uh, from our group. And, and now I want to maybe dig it a step uh, deeper into uh, the, the data uh, underlying uh, this uh, group and some of the issues that, uh, that remain and, and that, that we uh, faced. So Ulf has uh, touched upon this, but I just, um, to me, it's, it's, it's nice to, to see it. And, and, and what, is the actual, what is actually the difference between a, a meta-analysis of individual participant data and IPD and then a meta-analysis of, of summary data. Well, in the IPD, you really get this normal uh, data set uh, that you have, uh, that you may have, where you have an ID for each uh, study. You can see study one and, and, and study two, and, and on it goes, study three, et cetera, et cetera. But, and then also an, an, a participant ID, so ID one within study one, ID one within study two and et cetera. So you really have the data very nice and clean within your own uh, database. And then when you present uh, the results, you may use like study specific uh, presentations, like a forest plot, uh, like in a conventional meta-analysis, but you don't need to do that. You can also just provide one, uh, uh, one, one estimate. In. And that is the big difference because based on uh, summary data, you only have the option to present the uh, forest plot uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on the right. So the differences are really in terms of data uh, management and the actual one-to-one uh, -one harmonization of uh, the variables. And I'll show later that we did not actually harmonize one-to-one -one in this uh, application. So what we did was actually uh, quite uh, simple. Uh, we simply just sent out a, a letter to the cohorts uh, identified in our review and asking them, asking if they would be willing to uh, participate. And then we try to be as specific and concrete as we possibly could in terms of these details that are needed for harmonization. So that's accelerometer post-processing, which was really the crucial uh, uh, bit uh, here, the whole motivation. And then also defining the exposure uh, categories, the participant inclusion criteria, making sure that um, it's the same people that are included uh, in, in, in the cohorts. For example, we wanted to restrict our analysis to people that were older than 40, um, which 
covariates uh, to, to include, and also the analytical uh, approach. And I'll just give one uh, advice uh, based on our process is that you need to really be specific on how you would like people to uh, do this. And because every time you, um, you are not getting the results uh, back in the way that you had foreseen it, you will have to go and disturb uh, people uh, one more time. Uh, and um, th this, uh, this collaboration was, was completely based on uh, spare time work. There was no uh, funding uh, involved. So we were just lucky that we had some very motivated and uh, motivated and engaging uh, people. And, and one example I can give is that I, at one point, asked people to provide a median and then an interquartile uh, uh, ratio. And then I, I got uh, from, from one of the collaborators, I got a median and then I got one um, number back and I was expecting two numbers back because I was thinking about the 25th to the 70, 75th percentiles. So I hadn't uh, been right in the way that I asked for uh, the data. Then I had to go and disturb one of our collaborators uh, again. So be very specific and really uh, pilot uh, all the uh, material that you uh, uh, send out. It's a good advice. So accelerometer post-processing, really a critical issue for this uh, uh, work. So the first thing you would have to do is to identify uh, relevant study-specific details that may challenge harmonization. So did some of the, do, do some of your studies include overnight where? Uh, while others uh, do not? Or did some of your studies um, distribute accelerometers by mail? There may be uh, a need for handling that in, in, in specific ways that you need to know about. And uh, we uh, decided to include studies that were based on uh, the Actigraph devices, any device, but also studies that were based on actical uh, devices, as long as they were worn at the uh, hip or lower waist or uh, waist or a lower back. And uh, it was um, clear that we had to harmonize to the lowest uh, common denominator because we didn't want to throw studies out just because newer, more sophisticated uh, devices were available that could handle uh, like uh, three axis and, and, and more detailed uh, sampling. We wanted to be inclusive. So we had to uh, go with the 60-second epoch, including only uh, the vertical axis, then just uh, remove all midnight to 6 a.m. Uh, where to, uh, to harmonize. But actigraph and actical devices are, they do not really measure the same thing. So they measure uh, gravity, but they handle it differently. These are old devices based on count uh, metrics. And, an actigraph count and an actical count is not uh, the same as I show in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the scatter plot in the bottom uh, left. So that means that the absolute levels you get from an actical is not the same as the absolute level you get from a actigraph uh, device, and that is of course a challenge if you want to harmonize. And that is one of the reasons we went for uh, study uh, specific. Uh, quartiles, because that would allow us to examine the association within uh, uh, the studies. And also at 
intensities, uh, when the counts are not the same and are comparable, the intensity thresholds are probably not uh, comparable. Uh, fortunately, there has been some work by a group led by uh, Duncan, where they had adults where uh, actigraph devices and actical uh, devices for three days, and then they uh, compared uh, sedentary time, uh, light uh, intensity, and, and the moderate and vigorous intensity in terms of what is the agreement uh, between these metrics from different devices. And we could see that sedentary time and light, there's a lot of, um, I would say, miss. Uh, misclassification between the devices. They don't really measure uh, the same thing. There's a lot of, there would be a lot of bias in comparing absolute uh, levels. Uh, but for moderate to vigorous physical activity, they were actually uh, fairly uh, comparable. So we uh, we use cut points, the same cut points that they used in this uh, work. So we believe the absolute uh, intensities are comparable for moderate to vigorous physical activity but not comparable for light or uh, sedentary uh, time. So uh, again, uh, defining the uh, exposure level levels across the, 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 the cohorts. As I said, we went with uh, study-specific uh, quartiles and, and that is really one of the issues when there are no real uh, clinically useful uh, reference points. So uh, if we had used, uh, if our exposure was BMI, we could probably have used the, 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 the normal uh, WHO uh, uh, classifications, but we don't really have that for uh, physical uh, activity. And we wanted to look at the dose response association. So in, in, in one way, using absolute cutoffs would be uh, intuitive. So some below the recommendations, at the recommendations, and above the recommendations, but then we really run into the issue that the recommendations are based on moderate to vigorous physical activity. There are, there are no recommendations for total PA, light PA, or even for sedentary uh, time, at least uh, not uh, beyond uh, Canada. And uh, if we had based it on total physical activity, we would also be running into issues with different uh, exposure levels in the different uh, cohorts. So uh, this. This figure shows a histogram of the NHANES data and the and data from the Norwegian National Physical Activity Survey uh, data, and it's on total physical activity. And we can see that uh, if we had based it on total physical activity levels, we would be running low on uh, information from the NHANES cohort in our high active uh, comparisons. So we may run into issues of ecological uh, 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 bias when we are now comparing different absolute levels at different uh, from different uh, uh, cohort uh, studies. So again, that was one of our motivations and a really strong motivation for going with per percentiles. And then another issue with that is, uh, so what uh, samples should the percentiles be based on? When do we create the uh, categories? Is it before dropping participants that later turn out to be ineligible? Or is it after dropping participants that uh, are in, uh, ineligible for the analysis, be uh, potentially because of missing co-variables? So again, this is something that you need to clearly uh, specify when you uh, ask for data. 
So this is just an example of how these study-specific uh, quartiles may then cause you issues uh, later on. And uh, this, is, uh, this is showing that in the first quartile, well, the, med the median may be six minutes, but the rain range in these cohorts, uh, in these uh, quartile is one to 24 minutes. And that is a big issue because that may have implications for uh, the size of the associations because there's a big difference in comparing, say, zero to one minute of physical activity uh, as opposed to comparing 10 to 24 minutes, particularly when we know the dose response association is so uh, steep in the beginning and then flattens uh, out. So it's really, really, uh, that makes it difficult to compare uh, these uh, uh, categories. And you can really see this uh, here when we model the linear uh, uh, dose uh, response uh, relation, where we plot all the uh, absolute uh, levels. The figure published in the BMJ looks really nice, but when you really go in and see where the individual data points are, we can see that there's a lot of data at one uh, end of the dose, uh, uh, the exposure uh, range, but it really flattens out at the higher ends and there are only a few studies uh, really informing the dose response uh, association at the higher uh, uh, levels. And I think this is an issue that's, that's important to consider how you, uh, how you deal with when you want to harmonize. So uh, pulling the, the data, I just included here a few relevant uh, uh, sources that you may wanna look at if, if, if you wanna do these kind of uh, uh, studies. And I also just want to specify what we didn't harmonize, and that was the uh, study co-variables. It would have been basically impossible to, to harmonize education, ethnicity, um, and how different studies measured uh, prevalent uh, diseases. So that is something that can be improved in, 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 uh, in future studies. So uh, in terms of the analytical approach, we try to send out really, really specific guidelines on how to uh, do this. And, and uh, uh, if you had time uh, at a later point, you can come back and you can try to read this process that uh, the collaborators had to go to, uh, through. It's quite uh, detailed, it's quite lengthy, and I can understand if uh, some people had at different points issues with understanding exactly what we were asking for. So my recommendation here is really pilot the full process. And um, I think this, is a, this speaks to one of the uh, main differences between the IPD and the uh, pooled harmonized uh, summary data approach is that the IPD, once you have carried out the harmonization, you have the data in-house and you have uh, easy opportunities to uh, uh, investigate different questions, perform follow-up analysis, uh, explore the data where in the harmonized uh, summary data approach, you have to come back to collaborators every time and ask for new uh, stuff. So the IPD, it may be more difficult in the beginning, but it offers greater flexibility uh, in the end. And, and also on this, the slides here, I've just uh, included a few uh, examples of other uh, IPD uh, or summary estimates, uh, harmonizations that um, uh, those who are interested may want to uh, uh, dive into. So thank you uh, very much uh, for setting this up and uh, 
happy to take any questions if there are. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, Jacob. Um, uh, and thank you both for uh, to highlight uh, and its different ways to meta-analyze the psychedelia harmonized data uh, lens. You have you highlighted different ways uh, very well and uh, possible fit, pitfall, uh, pitfalls and share your experience very useful. Thank you. Uh, uh, we have short on time, but we, we have to open for some questions. So feel free to put up your virtual hand or unmute your microphone to just some quick uh, questions. Is that any, I don't have any questions in the chat. Mark, yeah. I'll just, I'll just um, come in quickly while other people are thinking. Um, it's just a quick, thank you, both fantastic presentations. Um, this is just a quick question to Ulf. I was really interested, you said um, that you generated 50,000 variables from the accelerometry files. If, is, if, if was that correct? I 15,000. Oh, sorry, no, 15,050. One that's, five, yes. Yeah, one five. So. That, that's still a, a huge volume of variables. Mm. Um, it, if you were to advise someone like Propass, who's going through this process now, do would you do you think that, that you've you've kind of fully utilized all of those variables or do you do you think no, I, that, that, it would that, be that, yeah. I mean there are a handful, no, probably more than a handful, but we the reason why, why why we derived all these variables was that we didn't want to reanalyze the data again. So we wanted to create as many different combinations using different cut points, different epoch lengths, different, I mean, everything. Because it, when you do it once, you can just produce it. And uh, when you have set up, set up all the, the, the rules and regulations, you can then just run, run the analysis. So we wanted to do that so that we also used I mean, bins of data. Uh, so, I mean, we, we, we used different cut points, but we also used, uh, analyzed the data in bins like zero to 100 counts per minute, 100 to 200, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we have all the uh, uh, different combination with weekdays, weekend days, and the individual days, so and so on and so forth. I think. I don't think, uh, I mean, uh, obviously, people are not using these, those ones. There are, you know, that you, you, can, you can fairly easily select maybe 20, 30 key variables which might be interesting to, 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 to analyze. From, for the ProPass, where you have activity monitors, you may have a larger amount of variables because I think you have the the, the you, have, you will have the opportunity to to also analyze uh, position, which we don't have in in in, in ICAT, for example. So there, there might be more variables to to derive from 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 ProPass, but I think it's important to to, to think thoroughly thoroughly think through which variables to derive and how to analyze them. Yes, thank you. Uh, I know we are a little bit over time, but uh, we I can have a last call for questions. Uh, uh, okay, there was someone in the chat now. Um, uh, just a quick one to uh, Ulf, I think. Uh, was sleep identified uh, from the data? No, we... Uh, well, most of the studies in ICAD had a, a, a wake time protocol. 
I think one of the studies or maybe two of the studies had a 24 hour protocol. So what we did when we processed the data was that we, we, we excluded uh, time or uh, data between, I don't exactly remember the timing, but it's probably between 11 o'clock in the evening and, and six o'clock in the morning or something like that. But the, the majority of studies did not include a 24-hour protocol. And that's the same. That's the same for the. I think Jakob. That's the same for the adult accelerometer consortia. We did not define define sleep. We we do have self reported sleep in many studies in both consortia. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think we need to close the session because it's got a little bit over time. Um, but thank you everyone for coming, uh, and a special thanks to Ulf and Jakob for our speak. Uh, and I hope you see you all again in the new year for a second series of webinars in February. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.